had just encountered the angel Gabriel and had been informed of her favor with God. During her travels, she would have had plenty of time to replay the scene that had just happened. Imagine for a moment the shock Mary must have felt. Favored one. Favored one? From the initial look, this favor may have seemed more like a curse. The favor shown by God may have looked like a sentence to a life Mary had not planned for and had not asked for. As she hurries to depart for the house of Zechariah, the scandalous news given to her by the angel Gabriel seems less like God's favor and more like a burden. And with what she was feeling, what the angel told her, words like perplexed and afraid, those words seem like an understatement to the situation. Angels did not, they do not appear to just anyone. Why had God chosen her? Why did Gabriel use the phrase favored one? After all, Mary is an unwed teenage virgin who is now going to have a child. That seems more like a scandal than favor. Having to explain this to her betrothed could have seemed more like a mountain to climb than God's favor. Knowing what could happen to her in her state as an unwed pregnant teenager seems like the opposite of God's favor. Mary knew about the prophesied Messiah. She would have known the writings of Isaiah. The Messiah will be born of a virgin, Isaiah 7, 14. He will have his way prepared, Isaiah 43. So in response to the popular Christmas song, yes, Mary knew. While being overwhelmed by the favor presented by the angel Gabriel, Mary knew these stories. She would, at the very least, had an idea of what she was agreeing to be a part of. And at the same time, she would have known that the favor shown to her by God had the potential to ruin her engagement, resulting in the possibility of public humiliation or worse. Mary knew about similar greetings. Mary knew that Hannah received a similar greeting. Mary knew Hannah prayed her heart out, praying holes through the rugs on the floor, never giving up on the possibility that God would work a miracle, the miracle that Hannah so desperately wanted. Even with her graying hair, Hannah never stopped praying for a child. Mary knew that Hannah had been called favored one by God. Mary, being a good Jewish girl, knew this story. She knew that after Hannah gave birth to her miracle baby, Eli, the priest, would tell Hannah that the baby must be given to the temple to be consecrated as a Nazarite, a one separated, one dedicated to the temple. Knowing this story, knowing what happened to Hannah's child, 
Mary must have wondered what would become of her child. At the very least, Mary knew that as the Son of the Most High, her child would be set apart just as Hannah's child was. As she made her way to Elizabeth's house, Mary had a lot to consider. Mary had to consider that in her role as a favored one, life would never be the same. Life would never be simple. The routine of family life would be different because her son would fulfill prophecy in the temple. Knowing what had been foretold by the prophets, Mary had to consider what was to come of her child. He will be widely rejected. Isaiah 53, 1. He will voluntarily accept our guilt and punishment for sin. Isaiah 53, 7. Just like Hannah knew what was to come for her child, Mary knew what was to come of her son. And knowing this would have made her question the title of favored one even more. How would bearing a child destined for rejection and punishment be seen as favor? Mary only asks the angel one question. How can this be? And that one question may have left Mary thinking she should have asked a few follow-ups. Mary had the opportunity to find out more, to have all of her questions answered, to have all of the questions that we continue to ask today answered. But all she could muster up was, how can this be? How can this be? It's not a question of defiance or arrogance. Mary's question to the angel Gabriel was different than the doubt expressed by Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah. Mary was not questioning God. She was questioning her ability to live up to the task being presented before her. Mary was puzzled. Gabriel, she asks, how will this work? Mary saw herself without the necessary qualifications for the task at hand. Her resume wasn't up to this level. She knew that according to the standard of the time, she was unqualified for this task. Mary knew she had not met the human requirements set by the religious context of the time. She was poor. She was the wrong gender to wield power. She was uneducated, and she was poor, young. By all standards of the time, her assertion of her lowly station was beyond accurate. After arriving at Elizabeth's home and seeing a child leaping in Elizabeth's womb, Mary had to be thinking about what the angel told her. Mary knew that Elizabeth was pregnant, and that in itself was a miracle. Mary knew that Elizabeth's pregnancy was unexpected, but it was not the same as a virgin birth. Mary grew up hearing stories of women like Sarah and Hannah and now Elizabeth, but she knew that her pregnancy would be new waters to wade into. Mary knew that when Elizabeth began to show, no one would question Elizabeth's pregnancy. 
Elizabeth and Zechariah had been blessed by God with a child. Mary, on the other hand, being an unwed teenage virgin, would have her character called into question. She knew that there would be rumors and gossip. Mary knew that the scandal of the incarnation would be felt heaviest by the one bearing the word made flesh in her womb. Mary was different. Her child would be different, and Mary knew it was all true. It's easy for us to look back on the story of Mary and romanticize the role she played. It's easy for us to see how she truly was favored by God as she was invited to be the Theotokos, the bearer of God. It's easy for us to assume that the incarnation was not difficult for Mary. But being favored by God meant that she could lose it all if everything did not go according to plan. After all, the angel Gabriel tells Mary that she will be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. While she had not felt anything yet, she knew what the term overshadowed meant. Mary knew that King David, generations ago, overshadowed King Saul. She knew the story of David bringing the ark to Jerusalem with dancing and jubilation rather than fear in its presence. She knew that the power of the Most High overshadowed the ark. Mary knew that to be overshadowed by the presence of God would have meant to have the immediate power and presence of God before you. And whether you are male or female, when this happens, God takes possession of your very being. In these moments, questions like, how can this be, are of no challenge to God, because God does the impossible. In the incarnation, God does the impossible. What Mary thought was inconceivable, God does. Gabriel failed to mention to Mary that the angels would be visiting her fiancé Joseph in a dream. The angel does not tell her that there will be no room for her family in the inn. And as a result, the favored lowly mother will have to give birth in the lowliest of places. So while knowing so much about what is to come, on her journey to Elizabeth's home, Mary would still have many questions left unanswered. Knowing that the Lord has done great things with her, Mary's submission seals her fate as a servant of God. As scandalous as this story is, as unbelievable as this story is, it is God's favor shown in the womb of an unwed teenage mother. God is empowering those who see themselves as unlikely, unfit to be favored by God. God empowers those who know it or not are capable, capable of miraculous tasks when overcome by the Holy Spirit. God empowered Mary to this journey. Just as God awaited Mary's response of, here I am, the servant of, your, of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. God waits for us to respond in a similar manner today. The story of the incarnation is not a story to be kept in the old 
books of the Bible. It's not a story to be limited to 2,000 years ago. Each day we are invited to see God's favor upon us and respond, even when we feel unworthy to the task. Ernest Cardinal's book, The Gospel in Solentin Name, recalls conversations among peasant farmers and fishermen living around Lake Nicaragua. The commentary from these farmers and fishermen on the Annunciation echo the response of Mary. They see the favor and blessing extended to God's servant as also being extended to them. Because of Mary's circumstance, lowly, poor, without power, they see her as being one of them. And thus, God's servant was not called from the priestly class of first century Israel or from the social elite of 2017. One of the Campesino commentators said, the rich and the poor will be liberated. Through the lowliness of God's servant, all will be liberated. Walking through the door of Elizabeth's home, Mary knew. In her knowledge, we too can respond by saying, here I am, because the incarnation is less about our credentials and more about God's ability to overshadow what we see as shortcomings. Amen.